Christian Single, the podcast about two young Catholic men and their experiences in the church and why them being touched has ruined them sexually. Did you what? tell me about your dating life and why do you try your best to walk with God always? Why are you like this? You're not allowed to do any more intros for us. I can't what? trust you anymore. What are you t- <laughs> this is choice. This is our show. Can you please answer the question? <laughs> well, what was the question? What was the question? <laughs> <laughs> can you? <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Stop laughing. I'm trying to. I, this is our, you're ruining it. You're ruining it. I, this uh, is your fault. Chorsey. Christian single. Shut up. Chorsey. Please. <laughs> can you talk about a time where you entered a relationship god first <laughs> no i can't it's never been a thing i'm gay that doesn't work it's not a thing dakota i apologize my apologies listeners my this is the first time that i learned this information about him you think we'll, i'm catholic we will be looking for a new co-host for christian single fuck you a it's heterosexual <laughs> All this shit. I read all this. <laughs> well, there goes all our Christian viewers, Chorsey, so I hope you're happy. Listeners, we're not fuck. a show. We're not a TV show. I Well, it is kind of a show. Oh, shit. That was... Nah, never mind. We'll talk about that later. Anyway, what's up? Welcome to Keep It 100. This is a podcast where we, as you can tell, clearly just talk about whatever we want to talk about. And Dakota does shitty-ass intros for some reason. Uh, that was actually one of our sponsors, so Chorsey just waved them away. <laughs> <laughs> so Chorsey, how you doing? Also, thank you all for listening to us. Um Okay, don't let me answer the question. But yeah, Rude how you doing, sir? Just go, just go. You ruined the whole you. intro. You ruined the whole don't intro. Talk, no, don't talk to me. Don't talk to me. Alright, join us next week. <laughs> this is it. This is the show. <laughs> uh uh Okay. Uh how am I doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing alright. Uh I was actually kind of in a bad mood right before we hit the record button and mood has elevated so good job on that it's the power of god he's with us always um, it's all baby <laughs> <laughs> all right so chorsey right before we hit record you were talking about how our guests aren't gonna understand what I, I don't actually know the term for our audience apparently i've said viewers i've said guests listeners they're listeners they, what, what they do they just listen they're Man, listeners i think i'm having a stroke or just drunk looking at things anyway so you were just talking about how our listeners wouldn't get the title why do no. you think that i don't think that that's a very specific first of all i don't even know what the title is that's a very specific reference that you're making and unless you have studied that period of time or that experiment of history you're not going to know what that is like i don't think that's covered it's the general world history class right that's not something that's just like everyday general knowledge and it's not something that comes up in normal day-to-day activities i feel like i feel like i talk about project mk ultra every day i don't even know when i learned about it i didn't learn about it it's because you're white No, that's. I can't. I can't 
fight that. I mean, that, we do talk about weird things. But also, it's March now. You don't get to do that argument anymore. <laughs> February is over, bro. You got to wait another 11 months. Fuck you. <laughs> um, anyway, I feel like people get MK Ultra and they're like, oh, look at Dakota. You're so highbrow. Ha, 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 ha. You're so funny. But also, it doesn't matter if I don't like it. I don't care if they like it or not. It's MK Ultra sounds like the next Mortal Kombat game. Which it is. I'd they, buy. They, I'd play. The CIA uh, gave people LSD and made them fight in a UFC. Bro. That part's okay. half true. Random tangent. Have you ever seen the LSD game? There is a game that's just called LSD, and it's supposed to, like, basically recreate the experience of, like, using LSD. And it's a very trippy, wild-ass video game. Just I, do LSD. No! What? No! I don't do drugs. Um, the Game Grumps played it on an episode, and I saw oh. Dan lose his shit. <laughs> <laughs> Because, like, at one point, the colors just start swirling, and it's just, like, this... Well, I know y'all can't see what I'm doing right now, but it's this very, like, swirly, whirly, dirly, colorful mess You just making jerk-off motions in the camera. I am not! I'm gonna fight <laughs> There's you! There's no way to know. There's no way to know. <laughs> I'm a... That sounds very interesting. <laughs> Fuck you. Yes. <laughs> Language. We're a Christian show. We're but not! We I mean, could be. I... No, we can't. Why, Joycey? Think about what we talked about in the first episode of this podcast. Mm. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> anyway, I think you are discrediting our listeners, and some of them may know it, and if they don't, then look it up. I didn't say... I said some of them would know it. I also stated I don't think all of our viewers would understand. Well, Damn I don't it, care viewers, about listeners. any of them. Bro, how... You, yes, you do. Except some of them, <laughs> I love you all. I love all of we you. We do this. We purely record this podcast because we care about what others think about us. That's the yeah. whole reason why we do this. That's why we're depressed. We're egomaniacs. Whoa, speak for yourself. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> I'm good now. I'm good. I just moved to a different state. That's how you fix depression. I was sad last night. I'm okay now. Is, it, is that how you fix depression? Just moving? Because I've done that several times. And let me say, these dark clouds are quick. <laughs> them bitches follow you i mean yeah i'm good oh shit i'm good are you good Pick up. <laughs> Pick up. sorry all right okay. so after the seven minutes of nonsense shit, um, minutes? let's talk about your project mk chorsey yeah what uh, what has brought this about can you explain what your little social experiment was and why you wanted to do it uh, so let's go back to, ooh, I think it was three or four months ago when I was managing the escape room and I had an incident with a customer who, huh, this is a very lovely story. Um, there was some situation where she was asking for a refund and like uh, a customer had approached one of my assistant managers on a Saturday and was asking for a refund. The assistant manager who was a white female said no. Um, you know, according to company policy, we don't do a refund for this. So the customer then decides the best way to respond to my assistant manager is by asking for quote the black manager. Um, who's that? <laughs> it's me. <laughs> um, 
Now, the customer in question is a black woman. My assistant manager, one of them, the one she's talking to is a white female, and my other assistant manager is a white male. Um, and the majority of my staff is white. I mean, it's Indiana. It, majority of people here are white, okay? So, I am taking care of something. I think I'm running a room when this incident happened. My assistant manager comes and tells me everything that went down. And I go out and basically because I misunderstood our company policy, I approved the refund when actually that wasn't our company policy. There were some other things I'd known on a senior manager level is why I chose to approve it, yada, yada, yada. But then I kept thinking about it more and more and more and it bothered me that she would specifically request the black manager as a black woman herself as though she thought that could help circumvent and fix the situation to her favor. If she could connect to me about our race, then, you know, she could get the answer she wanted. And the reason why she didn't get the answer that she got, she didn't get the answer that she wanted was because she was talking to a white manager. Um, so after the end of the experience, I approached her and we went to check in and I basically scolded her um, in a professional manner, but basically instructed and talked about the concept of intent versus impact. Right, so the idea of what is the message that you're you're intending to send to people versus what is the impact of the words or the actions that you take actually have once you've committed the action, um, and explain to her why her action of in that moment you have every right to escalate the situation if you feel like an assistant manager isn't giving you the answer you'd like, you have the ability to escalate it to a manager. That's not the issue. But when you chose to escalate it, you made it about my race. So you escalate it to the black manager instead of just the manager. And how that is demeaning to my assistant managers and to my staff, really, right? You don't get to just talk down on someone just because they're a different color than you. That's not appropriate. That's not right. Um, so, you know, I went through this whole ordeal explaining to her that you don't get to disrespect my staff like that. You don't get to disrespect my assistant managers like that. If I was not here, my assistant managers, whatever they say goes. They are entrusted by me and by this company to uphold the policies and procedures that this company has in place. You don't get to try and circumvent that because you want to talk to someone of your race. That's not okay. She then tried to explain that wasn't what she was trying to say. It didn't matter if I was black or white. You know, she if I was white, she'd have said the white manager. If I was a Latino manager, she would have said Latino, which I thought was very weird because that that feels very icky of itself mm -hmm. for me personally. Um, and I told her, and I, I understand that you probably didn't intend to do that, but this is the impact your words had on my staff, right? Because you chose to escalate it in this manner instead of in a more professional, appropriate way. You have now upset and hurt and have demeaned my staff and that I will not stand for. So after this incident, I've been thinking a lot about intent versus impact and how in that situation, there is a misconception of what intent versus impact is. I feel like because of perceived intention and what that follow up impact is, mm -hmm. right? So the, and it kind of is tied back and forth, but it boils down to what someone believes is the reasoning for you making that action then dictates their response to your action. 
So yeah. it's not the fact of you just doing it that creates the impact, but it's them seeing and analyzing it and also recognizing why they think you did it, whether it's baseless or not, and then responding based on that idea of why they think you did it. So on my social media, on my personal pages, I tend to be a very uplifting person. I tend to post a lot of like positive quotes and things that make people smile and happy and stay positive. Um, you know, recently I shared a, a clip of Little Mix flubbing a performance of Black Magic, right? Like things like that, that like really just to make people feel good. Um, although that performance of Black Magic is more because that's my favorite song and it's adorable how they, they, they get it, they tee hee hee and they come back to it. Anyway, so I posted this thing on my Facebook and I will start this by saying I knew very well when I posted this on Facebook, it was going to cause some visceral reactions, which is kind of what I wanted. I was honestly kind of, and this might be upsetting for some people, but I was basically baiting, right? I was baiting for a response. Um, yeah, you're a master at it. <laughs> there it is. There it is. I hate you. I was worried this would go over your head. You just inhale like you're going to say something. I, I was I was trying not to laugh. <laughs> I was trying to just like let it. <laughs> but continue. And uh, so I made this post on February 27th on my Facebook page. So it states, um, what are you doing with your life? If you read that question and felt attacked, it may be time to reevaluate and make some difficult decisions. Pretty standard. Yeah. Pretty standard. Uh, not typically my area when it comes to motivational like quotes or things like that or inspirational quotes is not typically where I go um, because I know there's a little bit of a juxtaposition of how this message can be perceived. Mm-hmm. Um, and as it happens, it definitely caused some interesting conversations uh, on my Facebook page. Um, so let me open this up. So a lot of the, the visceral responses, I got to it immediately. So I actually tested it with a couple different avenues. I did it on Facebook and also talked about it in one of my Discord groups as well. Um, and I kind of broke it down step by step for them. So in the Discord group, you know, I stated um, if someone just said, what are you doing with your life as a Facebook post? No one is tagged in it. Uh, it's not directed towards anyone. It's just on someone's status. Would you be offended by this? Would you be hurt by this? Mm-hmm. And then I added on the second part. If the second part was also attached to it, still not having someone attack, uh, not someone added in it or mentioned, would this still be offensive for you? Um, so some of the responses I got says things like, I think anyone asking this question casually is being invasive. Um, it might be a good question to ask yourself, but pretty rude to ask someone else. Um, I actually really kind of like the question because it puts you in a po- in a position to actually look at your life and evaluate if you have a plan and slash or if it's going the way you want it to. Giving you perspective as to the questions of what can you change about your life or if you're heading in the right direction. Um, without hearing your tone or emphasis on certain words of the question, I can see how the reader can feel those emotions when proposed that question. Your intentions are harder to navigate without hearing the tonality of the way you ask the question. 
And that's a very interesting and important comment because someone else in the same thread earlier makes a statement of like, it actually doesn't matter if I ask them if they heard the question in my voice, in someone else's voice, or if that does not change the impact of the question for them. And this person responded, it did not change for them. Everyone on this Facebook post that was triggered and upset by the post. First of all, I apologize because I, my goal is never to intentionally hurt anyone. That's but I do. <laughs> Fair. I think we use Facebook for two very different things. Um, but I do think it's important for us to have these conversations. And I will say everyone who responded negative to negatively towards this post are people that I would argue I don't have close relationships with. These are not people, I mean, most of them are actually from Ohio. Um, well, that's the first problem. Oh, mm, no, no, stop that. <laughs> Your other choice is Indiana, so I don't know what you want from this. <laughs> don't know what you want. Yeah, that's problem number two. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, like most of the people who had such a visceral negative reaction don't know me on a very personal level. Uh, a couple of these people are, are people I've worked with professionally as a stage manager with. Um, we were students together at Ohio State. Um, but I would not say that we have a core or centralized friendship with the people who were upset by it. Uh, the, the people who did respond positively towards it are people I work very closely with, have relationships with outside of a professional level. Um, so one of the things that, that for me, this kind of helped me realize in terms of your intention versus your impact is your relationship affects your perceived intention, right? If, if I know someone stated that my tone of voice or it didn't matter whose voice they heard the question in, it didn't have an impact on them, I would actually challenge them and say, yeah, I believe that I to be false. That. Yeah. Um, because this post kind of proves it right mm -hmm. i it, it's it's not by it's it's not an accident that the people that i'm closer with on this post happen to agree with me because they know, they know me yes yeah but then there's also the dilemma of are they doing it because they are fearful of tarnishing our friendship by calling me out mm. right so one of the things I was kind of struggling to figure out and understand is if someone like someone like close to our friend group, if I were to pose the same question, would someone be willing to actually call me out on it? Because I think in terms of when it comes to these strong conversations, one thing I've always noticed in my life, when I speak, people listen. And I tend to be a very persuasive person. Which also means, typically, my opinion is what the group likes to side with. Mm. And there's a couple different reasons, because I know my ability in terms of my persuasive communications. I know what I do. I know the psychology behind how I do it. It's why I choose to do it, because I find it fascinating that I can manipulate people's answers and their wants in that moment based on just how I speak. Mm. You know, I we've talked about how in my management skills... I use anger in very select situations because, I hate to say it, angry black man. It fears, it makes people very fearful and it gets the results you want, mm -hmm. right? 
in this situation, and I even posted, like I said, in the Discord, and I took some screenshots of that as well. I wonder if the people who were upset by the post were more upset at the first part or the second part. Right? Like, mm -hmm. if I had just said, um, what are you doing with your life? And just left it as that, as a black, as a blank post, would people have just kept scrolling? But I think adding that second part, the, the recognition of like, if this upset you, you probably need to have some hard conversations with yourself. Because I think, unfortunately, a lot of us are afraid to do that. And I think in this situation, those who are upset at my response really are more upset that it caused them to have those internal conversations. I will also admit I'm in a place of privilege in this moment. So particularly, I read that question, I don't feel attacked. I will also say this is probably the clearest I've ever been in my life in terms of my life goals and having the objectives that I want to reach and knowing how I need to get there. Mm -hmm. So there is privilege in that safety and in that comfort, which to be honest, is not really safe or comfortable right now. <laughs> it's going to be a hell of a lot of work to do what I want to do. And it's scary as hell. And even if I do achieve the goal, it's very well possible. It could still fail even once it's achieved. Yeah. Um, yeah. And there was, there were some very strong and valid points that were brought up, right? Number one, I am making this statement in the middle of a pandemic where millions of people have died. There's been, so much job loss and loss of income and insecurity. I mean, we're both entertainers and performers. Our industry pretty much came to a fucking halt, right? Like everything that we knew to be pretty much stopped. So a lot of people who have spent their livelihoods working in these industries have just kind of shut down and trying to figure out what they need to do to survive. What brought me to a very important point that I made in here. Um, in terms of, I feel like most people try to force this ideology of when you answer that question, it needs to be, you know, you have a Fortune 500 company, you make six figures, you drive these cars, right? Like very um, like financial specific goals. Mm -hmm. You know, like I have that a, kind of my main... Yeah, I have my main home at a vacation home. You know, like things like that, that in my head is very, very depressing because that's not what makes me happy. And I couldn't imagine centering my life around a dollar or a price tag. I think one of the issues there is like one, it's the personality type of like, you know, who just comments on you know, random Facebook posts, which is fair because, like, people, you know, just comment on shit because, like, oh, I'm friends with this person. That's, like, even if you're not that close of friends, still commenting, right? Because it's one of the things about the people that didn't agree with you or, like, that got offended by your response, like, as you said, not as close with. So it comes down to the personality type of someone who's going to get pissy and comment, um, which is its own thing. Because um, they're not... I don't feel like they're trying to, like, challenge... It's different, like you said, it's different than a friend being like trying to like check you. It's just a, like, better terms, like somebody that's like regular, or random, and pretty irrelevant to your daily life. 
like relationships that have like they just stopped talking to you you're not gonna lose anything if they just didn't talk to you which kind of in a way it's easier and safer to get an argument with because you're like if i if for the arguer who like takes the bait in a sense it's a lot easier for like ah if this goes south i'm not gonna be totally upset about it um which is why i love posting and uh doing it on purpose because i just love causing drama but also in the sense of that question traditionally comes during these like motivational like conversations like oh what are you doing with your life like how are you saving spending money how are you achieving these goals yada 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 it's always very much like leadership and pushing forward and in a very western capitalist society is inherently materialistic like you need to save your money so you can get better jobs so you can get a house so you can get all these assets and things where you know there's not personal happiness isn't a goal because how are you how are you making money how are you capitalizing on that like this hustle culture of like you know um commercializing your or monetizing your uh hobbies right it's very much how like a lot of people strive for like people like oh why are you wasting time drawing if you're not going to try and like sell your art because like, it's kind of very weird now so i think that question comes up a lot nowadays in terms of like you were saying this like materialistic view so i think that's one reason why there's a difference because as you said like i'd agree with like you know just making money doesn't make me happy would i love to have more money of course my life would be a lot easier with more money <laughs> it would solve really. most of my problems right now but i know i can still be rich and depressed um because i got mental illness but um you know like mine doesn't solve everything but that conversation that question typically comes up in conversations about money and financial success because it's harder to do your hobbies that make you happy and you know live your dream of like getting a family um you know traveling for that personal enjoyment without money mm -hmm. without that uh financial safety net so it's an interesting question so i can get why people get tight um like i said i always think it's funny when people get tight i enjoy making people upset it it is fun to me and especially because like i don't have notifications on social media apps so i guess i just get to go in and pick when i cause drama and then just put my phone down like okay i can do things i'll check in a couple hours and see what happened but yeah i think that's kind of my take on it like i get it like if it was if it was me reading it it isn't me trying to check you like if it was like the relationship of some of the people that commented do you have with you it's like someone like oh okay even if I'm not in a great spot, I'm like, oh, that's a good point. Even if I was bothered by it, I'm like, oh, I don't know this person well enough, so I'm going to not give a shit, just keep scrolling. Because, you know, I don't want to take the bait. I like to set the bait. It's different. There's a personality difference there. But, yeah, it's definitely an interesting question. Especially because I structure, I'm very careful with my words and what I say I structured the post in a way where it wasn't actually inviting for a conversation. Nothing about this should have really happened. If you read it for, from face value, if you read that question to feel attacked, it may be time to evaluate and make some different, some difficult decisions. Nothing about this was actually a conversation that should have been had on social media. Mm. It was really just a statement. So I do find it interesting for the people who did choose to comment on it, whether it was positive or negative, that it was enough of a reaction 
to cause a, a written response of some sort. And I mean, some of these are very well thought out short essays, just many essays, not, nothing that's like extreme. And I appreciate everyone who took the time to respond because I think it's very interesting to go back and look and see where everyone's response is. I think the biggest heartbreak for me personally with this was realizing just how much of our society is based off of really how much we monetarily value our lives is really what this comes down to. Like I look at this question, what am I doing with my life? And there are multiple answers that I have because there are multiple things I'm doing all with which bring me joy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I posted in here at one point, isn't trying to survive a perfectly acceptable answer to this question? At least to me it is. Focusing on staying positive and creative during the pandemic is still a very solid answer to have. I'm trying should actually be stated more when this question is asked, in my opinion. I think we focus too hard on being able to provide an immediate answer on of results when the question is posed, instead of taking pride in the fact that we are here and alive and just trying. Yeah, and I... I agree this definitely goes back to the intent versus impact because like you know, you're very much saying like oh i think these are very viable i would love to hear these responses but for for many like i said this question is more often posed in relation to you know that financial success so it's hard like when you first hear that question it's like oh i'm just like trying to like keep it going people are like oh well no it's like i feel like hustle culture i kind of like, get over it like you can't you know, you got to get yourself out of the situation and people mm-hmm. feel like, you know, you can save and save forever. And then, okay, something happened. There goes all your savings, right? Like I have to blow all this rainy day money for a vacation on like car bills because, you know, tire went out or something on the highway, got an accident, like stuff that's not really, you know, of course some of it's preventable, but not always, right? There's like quote unquote ask, acts of God type things, you know, like a flood or storm like it's happening in Texas, like the amount of savings people have like lost. So it's definitely like you have a very honest, um, you know, approach to it. like, oh, like what are people doing with their lives? But other people, it's like it's this expectation. Like, are you are you achieving your dreams? It comes down to like, oh, would childhood you be proud of you? Right? Like certain parts. Like if I think about it like that, like certain parts of my life, childhood me would be would like. like okay, cool. You got your own car. You got a girlfriend. You got an apartment. Um, then other parts like oh that's all you do you just jerk off and play video games all day okay that's kind of sad like it's you know there's there's different perspectives of your life right and so your question you know sometimes can hit like when someone hears that question what are they thinking about what do they think it's asking what are you doing with your life financially what are you doing with your life parentheses to keep you happy right what are you doing with your life to maintain friendships. It's like whatever they put as the suffix to that question is how it gets taken. What are you doing with your life? And do you care enough to respond to this question? Like, yeah. are they, some people just didn't take that question rhetorical. Some people wanted to argue. Well, and I mean, I mean the majority of the, it's hard to gauge because I'm going just purely off of Facebook reactions versus Facebook comments. So <laughs> the majority of the reactions, right, the likes and the hearts, Actually, all of them were positive. And then there's like three dissenters in here. And then I got three other dissenters in the um, 
the Discord. Um, including so now we one, know who our enemies are. One who specifically was like, that's just flat out rude to ask. It is just flat out rude to even make a statement what? like that. Such a baby. I actually... I guess it, it depends on that perceived intention, though. I think people feel like it's rude because that question for them will only ever be correlated and attached to leading to an insult of why are you not doing enough in your life? Mm-hmm. Especially with that specific language. Cause I didn't use a, I used harsher language in that opening question in particular. It wasn't something that kind of babied or like, you know, beat around the bush type deal. It was very much, what are you doing with your life? It wasn't, what are you working on right now? You know, mm-hmm. I you, you have any plans for the future? Or are you just trying to survive? I didn't, I didn't give him an out, mm-hmm. at least not a comfortable out. Yeah, and then how do they, like going back to Tom, was like, how did they hear it? Was it like, oh, what are you doing with your life? Or is it, what are you doing with your life? Like Exactly. Like, yeah. And in a sense, like I could think about it, like if someone asked me that question, if I didn't really know them, or like they were upset, like, I don't know, again, this is me, like I have the privilege of having this conversation with you where I'm already discussing it. And I don't have that experience of like reading it live. Like I saw your comment live and I was like, kind of read through some things. I was like, oh, okay. And I just kept going. Um, so I was like, I feel like Troy's will talk about this later. Um, <laughs> A little bit, you know. <laughs> we're talking about it on our show. Um, but like, if I heard that question, you know, part of me, if I was going to upset about it, it'd be because I would have been like introspective about it. Like, I know for a fact I've dropped the ball on many things that have altered the way my life had gone. Right, like not studying enough in school, that made me screw up on grades of classes that I definitely should have aced because I didn't like put in the time and I was too busy just playing games or just, you know, doing whatever. Like going to high school and college that like, you know, maybe close some doors or even just like not trying. Like I didn't apply for things. Like I was just lazy. So that's like, so I've dropped the ball on many, many things. But I don't think I could get mad about that question because I know it's not anybody's fault. I know most of the situations I'm in are because I put myself there. Sometimes, of course, like there's things I didn't do, but for a fact, it's a lot of laziness and procrastination has, you know, screwed some things over for me. And that is a tough thought to have. Sometimes it keeps me up at night. Like, damn, bro, you gotta fuck some things up because you didn't try harder for no reason other than not trying. Not because it wasn't good enough. Not because it wasn't smart enough. They didn't put in the effort. They didn't put in the work. So in that sense, if somebody is faced with that reality and they're uncomfortable facing that reality, they can get more hostile to the question. But I think, I think like you said, like if you're upset about that, it's because you've got to do some searching and some people are just not comfortable with what that search would you know, discover. There's something very interesting you just said. It, it's for you, you may say but that, there are some nights like you lie awake reminiscing about decisions you've made in your past. I don't do that. Oh, I don't have, you, I well, no, no, no. I'm not saying I don't have decisions that are regretful or that could have gone better. But for me, from a logical standpoint, there's no point in doing that. Why would I lose my precious beauty sleep over something I cannot change? 
I cannot change what I've done in my past. Well, you said in the sense of like motivation. The nights where it happens to me, it's like, hey, like I think like I've had a really bad day. You're like, you're kind of here because you put yourself here, and you're gonna stay here if something doesn't change. So, so I gotta have to. I have to get myself at like some sort of rock bottom. And the next day, I am mad productive because I'm like, damn, I'm really somewhere I don't want to fucking be. I gotta get out of here because like, because it's so much. It's honestly so liberating and so much easier when you have no one to blame but yourself. It's like, I can't do this like, oh, you know, bad shit just happens to me. And sometimes there are a lot of things that happen in my life that are outside of my control, right? Because like, I moved around a lot, my roots, you know, some like things we talk about with friendships and stuff. There are some things like I am the way that I am because the way like I grew up, it makes roots I had. But where I am right now career-wise and education-wise is my fault. I could have tried better. I could have been more proactive and applying for things, and I didn't. I could have had a lot more writing down if I would write and like take the time. It's like, yes, work is exhausting, but sometimes, you know, you have to put in the work to your job um, or to the things you want to do. Like last night, we had a really good productive session of doing stuff for the show. Like that was great for me. It's like, damn, I'm actually putting effort into something I like doing, even after exhausting that exhausting day of work. Um, it's nice. So like sometimes I have to put myself in that mental rock bottom of like, Yes, it's it's fine that you're upset with where you are right now, but you have to do something to change it, or you're gonna stay here. So like that's the kind of my conversations go. And then once I realize that, now I get productive and then I go to sleep. But I don't go to sleep until I've made some sort of moves. Because if I just like kind of like you're saying, like there's no point in dwelling on it if nothing's gonna change. So I set up action steps of like, all right, what are you gonna work on tomorrow? Or what are you gonna do right now to get these things down? Like set these things, get accountability partners and stuff. Because if you don't do that, you just sit there. And just let things pass you by. You're going to wake up at, you know, wake up at 40 and somewhere you don't want to be and someone you don't like with kids you hate, a job you hate, <laughs> in a town you don't know anybody at. And like, as I'm, honestly, <laughs> that's like my biggest fear is like not achieving what I could because I didn't try. Oh boy! I wish. I don't know if I'll do it. I'm gonna edit to an ep <laughs> to the last episode we just released. Because uh, in dreams and passions, you said an eerily similar statement, almost in the same tone. Damn. Um, and it's actually it's like one of the advertisements I did. <laughs> it's your clip. It's like that's honestly like one of my biggest fears is like not trying. You know, if I fail, you know that's fine. But if I just yeah. don't. I, Isn't that when scary? we get done, I yeah. want you to listen to that clip. <laughs> and anyone who knows me knows it's not like, oh, Dakota's trying to like rehash something he said before. It's like, nah, Dakota's got a pee brain. He doesn't know what he says before. <laughs> I've gotten into an argument with someone about something I said, and they've had receipts. And I've been like, yeah, I didn't say that. And not because I was lying, it's because I didn't think I said that. <laughs> Oh man, but okay. So I guess we we are somewhat similar. I just I skip the phase of like, or I guess it's it's quicker for me. It's mm. I do kind of an initial reaction or internal investigation of like, are you happy with your life? No. What's wrong? This is it. Okay. How do we fix it? Cool. So then you just go to sleep. Like, <laughs> like it's it's very quick for me. You know, like once I notice like there's something about where I am at this moment that I'm not happy with, I create some sort of escape plan 
and it's usually three to four where I'm, it's going to happen, right? Like, if A fails, I'm going to go to B. If you go to B fails and C and D fails, you go to B point C or B point D. And it's B point T. B point <laughs> You know? And, like... What is this list for, that? Like, that's very... And yeah. I guess that's the difference of, like, how I internalize. Like, because when I hear things like, what keeps me up late at night? I panic about my death. <laughs> I panic Man, about, I don't, I don't know what happens to me. I got depression. <laughs> I just think one of the issues with me is that, like, I uh, I think it's harder for me to make some decisions because I am I'm very much stuck a little bit in the job I have because I'm in a contract service year. So mm-hmm. I guess it's like, I don't pay for rent, but I don't make enough money to live somewhere else. Right, because I am in a contract, like this the service here. Like if I had a different job where I was like, you know, paying for rent and easily just like just quit jobs, I'd not be fucking working here. Like I I'm saying whatever I want because I'm not gonna fire me. <laughs> but like if I had an out, I would take it. I would be out of here, I can make more money and live where I want if I didn't have this fucking job. But this is my reality and I'm kinda stuck because I don't make enough money to leave. Yeah. And and all that little education word at the end that it goes to my loan. So it's like, I kind of got to stick it out. So a lot of my times, like, I, I will let myself be mad about things I can't control. Like, living situation, job situation. Like, let myself dwell on it. Cause like, it's weird. But getting upset can make me feel good. Because at least I'm addressing those emotions. And I'm not, like, that's something I have to work on. It's like, address why you're pissed off. Otherwise, you can get pissed off later and not know why. So for me, I have to register, like, why are you mad? And are you mad? Or is there a different emotion? I'm not mad. I'm frustrated. I'm not mad. I'm actually sad, and I'm hiding it. So I'm trying to dig into like what that actual emotion is under the big umbrella of what angry looks like. Yeah, or am that I? That's very healthy of you. That's yeah. very emotionally intelligent of you. And I had talked a lot about drinking on this podcast, but since our first episode, I've done. I've been so good at not drinking. Oh boy, I, that's not good. That means I've been drunker for more episodes. Uh, that's not true. I'm actually drinking right now, but I only, <laughs> but I don't drink like by myself anymore. Like, I only really drink socially, or like I have specific nights. Like I'm gonna drink on this night, and I'm not gonna go crazy. Um, whereas before, you know me, I'll black on a Tuesday because I want to. Because <laughs> um, I can. And because I can. I will say fun. there is something. I guess I'm now picking up some of those bad habits because there is something very fascinating and freeing about, man, I'm an adult. I can just get blackout drunk and go to Getting work Getting drunk morning. is so cool. <laughs> like, like, I want, I actually, I'm going to lose my job saying this. I want to go to elementary schools and middle schools and be the speaker right after the dare speaker. And say like, oh, all these things. Cause like, oh yeah, drugs are bad. Like, you know all the fun shit I've done on drugs? <laughs> Here's my stories. Yeah, you could go to jail if you're dumb about it and get addicted. Just be smart. I once went on a run and climbed the fences while blacked out. They're like, how is this fun? Honestly, I'm changing it. I should be representation of Dare. Like, this is is what drugs is, alcohol. Like, you'll turn into this guy. And the kids are like, oh, fuck that. (laughs) I'm staying celibate. Not celibate. Sober forever. Also celibate. Um... Oh no! But I'm crying. <laughs> but yeah, so like, kind of going to so the whole. What am I doing with my life? I I have plans for what I'm gonna do after this because I'm stuck where I am right now. But I think some people, I have a little bit less of a choice 
point some people have they don't want to make that step due to their choice to you know live their dreams so or maybe they're upset like maybe they didn't achieve what they wanted to but that's fair i live of the ideology i am never stuck like i that is how i that is the type of language that i don't use when it comes to describing why are you laughing <laughs> when you said that i knew we were having different <laughs> brainwaves he's like i live in the ideology that i've never stuck i was like yeah i could kill myself at any time and i was like that <laughs> you don't even want to do that <laughs> why was that your first thought <laughs> don't be worried about me <laughs> i would never i would never i would never oh my god oh god okay no um but like I, <laughs> wowzers, that blew my wig back. Okay, this <laughs> you ball, you want a wig? <laughs> <laughs> um, I live always under the ideology. If I don't like it, I'm gonna ch- work my ass off to change it, or I'm gonna die trying. <laughs> Maybe not quite like how you're doing it, but well, I'm, um, I'm, with, I'm with you for the second one. <laughs> So, like, you know, left the escape room job because I just, it wasn't where I wanted to go career-wise. Mm. It wasn't fitting with my budget, to be honest. I True. knew I could make more money elsewhere. Um, and ultimately, it wasn't going to lead to, I wanted to get to the point where I was no longer working for other people. Yeah. Right? Stick like, it to the man. That, I, that's where I was. Like, I was sick of working for people. Mm-hmm. That, like, that, um, so, for me, it's a weird comfort. Right now, I'm in this, like, job limbo, where I told you about, like, this new game show job. It's very fun. Um, right now, income hasn't been as consistent as we thought it would be, or as I'd like it to be. You're also a newer host. Yeah, but I'm also not even panicked about it. Mm-hmm. Because I also trusted my skill set enough to know if push comes to shove, I'm going to survive and I'm going to make it work. It don't matter, <laughs> you know, yeah. um, which this is going to sound a little contradictory into that previous episode where I said that uh, I made a statement of like, you know, if I'm not happy at the job, you know, it'll keep me happy for a little while, but eventually you're going to have to up and leave. Mm-hmm. If the job I am working at doesn't help me reach towards my future goal, there's no point in me staying. True. Which is really why the escape room just wasn't going to work for me. It wasn't helping me reach any sort of performative goals. It also wasn't financially helping me get to where I want to be in life. Yeah, I think it like I think it gave you more manager experience and that kind of experience, like not to deal with people. And the customer service aspect, which probably helped you with the game show too, because you're dealing with guests. Um, but I think you left at a great time. You realized like this isn't serving. I'm not learning anything anymore. Now it's time to go. That's kind of where I am with my job. Like, granted, it's teaching, so it's different. But I'm not getting anything out of this anymore. Like, I'm yeah. I really just in it for the kids. Like, if it wasn't for the kids, I quit a while ago. I'm like, I can make more money somewhere else. I can crash people's couches until I get a job. I guess like but it's because I like my kids. I like the students. They're fucking hilarious. Like freaking seventh graders making a rap today that I was listening to. I was blown away. I was like, 
because it's one of their like projects um i was like i cannot believe seventh graders made this this is so fucking good i was i was like trying like after they played it like the one kid like rapped because it's like a group of three after they rapped i was trying so hard not to cuss cause i was like yo this is fucking amazing like i'm so proud of these boys and that's why i'm staying teaching because of these fucking kids and one of the kids i'd be like yo fuck it here i hate it <laughs> but it's really the students that's why i like children's theater too it's like you know get the honest reactions of like why we love what we're doing you know yeah i think as you get older you get more cynical because you have more life experience but with kids you have a lot more just honest emotions that are quite corrupted by america <laughs> <laughs> so i mean they, like you know in this moment i told you right before we started recording you know now i'm taking certain classes to help build the portfolio that I want to have to make my business as successful as I want it to be. Mm-hmm. You know, I, it, that maybe I'm just an opportunist, you know, or I'm an optimist. Maybe, yeah. I don't know, but I, I feel like I've seen so much negativity and I've been surrounded by so much negativity and death in my life that I've just made the sort of conscious and subconscious decision to, just be a light and be positive. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, one of the things that was interesting about that Facebook page, uh, that Facebook post and decompressing and uh, unraveling some of my emotions towards it was that I held some animosity towards a lot of the people on that page because they – I felt like, from my personal opinion, I did not bring any specific negativity, negative energy into someone's life by mm-hmm. posting what I posted, right? That was something that very much could have just been scrolled past. If you didn't like it, don't read it. For the people who chose to comment on that page, you chose to bring that negativity to me. You specifically chose to try and be negative and try to harm my light and my positivity. This this is, this is a perfect segue. This is, why, this is why we work so well together. Because I feel like you and I meet people with the energy that they give us we will always start off being nicer i think we're both very kind people um i'm not gonna speak for you i am kind but i am not nice to mean people and that makes me happy i love being nice to people that deserve it but what i love more than that is to be mean to people that don't like i Going to this, I love it. I love starting stuff on the internet. It is so fun, and not like, not like as a troll, not like commenting, being rude to people, but like, even not not something that like that bad. Like making a post, like putting my opinion out there, and then somebody meets me with a little bit of antagonism. I escalate that shit so quick, <laughs> like. <laughs> It'd be like, I start the car, they put it in drive, and I slam on the gas. I'm like, oh, is it, you want to dance? Let's dance. Like, I don't know what happens. It just makes me so happy. Like, I can't remember I heard this, but it's like just a perfect, I'm in Parks and Rec or something. It's a perfect, like, call, like model of what I do. It's like, I t- tell other people to take the high road because there's more room in the low road for me. It also comes down, like, it works out in work as well, because, like, I've got my privilege. I'm a straight white male. 
like if I'm upset like so certain things are happening now that you know about like with you know with the reopening and code plans like my frustrations um, and the point of leadership I have right now I am at more of a point of privilege being a white man in a position of leadership to voice my opinions to higher ups because one I'm in a job that like it's not many people love that I'm not looking to get fired and as a white dude I get away with a lot more like we've seen with an angry black man like I would be seen as passionate you'd be seen as angry right so oh, yeah <laughs> it's one of the one of the things that like and that's to my horn that like I'm happy that I do is if I know somebody has a good idea that hasn't that they brought up but somebody went over or that people are being frustrated about, I will voice that. Like the frustrations, I'll be like, all right, I'll take the hit for this, but if you're gonna be, if I'm about to be rewarded for it, I'm like, oh, it's actually this person's idea. So go talk to them. If you want information about this project, talk to them, it was their idea. I'm just a messenger. But if it's like somebody I have to take a hit for, I'm like, yeah, well, I'm upset about this and I brought it up. So I'm not gonna say who, you know, else is on this. You're like, oh, it's just me. Because okay. one, I like it. I like starting shit. So I'm not gonna <laughs> let other people get in trouble. But. Yeah, I think it's very strange about how like they got like antagonistic kind of quick, but yeah. But being mean is fun. Don't people say like, "Oh, be nice to everybody." You don't have to be nice to everybody. There's no law to say you have to be nice to. Everybody. You should be nice to everybody. But once they're being mean to you, mm. Mm, I'm gonna correct this. It is okay to be mean to bad people, and that. And I mean that in a very loose term of like, you know, I'm against the death penalty. I don't think we gotta do that. There's better ways you could spend money. Talk about the death penalty. I, I think that could like being mean, being mean to bad people can like be very generalized because what Republicans do to like take the argument, spin it whatever they would want. But I mean, like if someone's being an asshole on a bar, it's okay to be a dick to that guy. But you don't always have to take the high road. This is a weird speech. <laughs> I'm gonna continue, but it's it's a fair it's fair. You can turn the other cheek, but you only have two cheeks. <laughs> that that is my argument. So you're gonna keep getting hit, or you're gonna stab the person? <laughs> <laughs> Are you stabbing him? Is this how far he it's hit escalated? you twice? He hit you twice. So you stab him? He should have learned. <laughs> Oh. I'm just kidding. Don't stab people. God, disclaimer. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. yeah. He punched me, so I stab him. Be- There's an episode of CSI uh-huh. where it's like, who brings the who brings a knife to the gun? Or no, who brings a gun to a knife fight? And it's the winner. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to get stabbed. You think, that should hurt. God bless uh, Gil Grissom, man. <laughs> I, guess, I guess my main point is, of course, lead with kindness. I think you and I always lead with kindness. Um, but we're very quick to like, oh no, that's not gonna fly. I mean, asshole to our friends or to like other people, like, oh, that's we don't do that here. And it's great that I start arguments over the internet because I'm not very big. Um, and I'm actually amazed with the amount of shit I talk in person as well that I've never gotten my ass kicked. I've somehow just avoided fights. I there's an ass kick. It's coming. I know I'll get beat up one day, <laughs> and I'll deserve it. Will I regret it? Who's to say? Was I right? If I was wrong, I might regret it. But if my valid points, I'm not going to regret it. Oh, no. Yes. I hope in your adult life you don't get beat up. So I feel like that's just called assault. And, yeah, 
It like it's not like we're kids on a playground and he beat me up. That's no, you should call the cops. No, yeah, I'm petty too. So like, like, yeah, you're also a white man. So like, (laughs) yeah, I would gladly, I would gladly send some rich kid to jail if he hits me. Oh my god. Anyway, so yeah, I guess the moral of the story of what has transpired on Facebook and all that really is just be careful of your perceived intention, mm-hmm. right? If you don't know all the facts in terms of why someone has made that action, don't be so quick to judge. It comes down to like when you're in school and you'd like analyze papers, like uh, if you ever learned about OPVL, origin, purpose, values, and limitations. Who is saying this? Why are they saying it? What are the strengths of the argument or limitations of the argument? Is this worth getting a fight over? Are you that pissy about what this person said? Was, when they wrote it, was a direct target on you? No? Or are you angry about something else? What are you upset about? Do you feel like, and then, if you're gonna create that conversation, approach it openly. And, you know, don't be the first person to make something go south, I guess I would say. Is like try to approach with some sort of like openness and respect if you are gonna address in that conversation once somebody has, you know, said something and you took it a certain way. Still approach it openly, even if you think it might be about something, and ask those questions like, Oh, when you were saying this, I felt this, right? Is this like true or not? Don't make it go mm-hmm. south. Cause then if it goes if you make it go south and it gets worse, you know, you're the person who responded. Like if you think about it in school, like it's not the way the bully who gets hit, it's the gets in trouble with the person that responds to that. That's usually who the teachers see. And I will say, I, it, just to clear this up, in no way did I feel disrespected by any of the discourse that happened on Discord or on Facebook. I felt or disrespected. Or did I feel like I was attacked in any way, shape, or form. Nor did I really care if I was attacked, to be honest. <laughs> but I did not feel that. But I also just, and I know I'm adding another layer of this right as this episode is getting close to ending. But does the perceived intention change now that they know I did this as a bait, right? Because before, like, I'm curious what they thought the perce- what the perceived intention was of me posting that when they didn't know I was doing it for the podcast and they were just seeing it as Chorsey is posting mm. this questionable motivational quote on Facebook. Versus now that it's like it was to spur a conversation and to elicit these emotions and conversations, does that make this more problematic? That's what I love about this show is we can come on here, talk about whatever we want, and there's no one to like interject. And if someone like responds after the show, we can also decide if we want to address it or not. Like if someone texts us, we're like, oh, whatever. <laughs> we don't take guests. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean there, there's there is a lot and don't get me wrong this is a, a theater degree doing a very basic weird psychology type of analysis and he doesn't even but know psychology. the names of psychology experiments psychological experiments but I was just curious to see because I feel like in my adult life like that was the the one thing I learned to interact with Dr. Elizabeth Wolman that I felt like really stuck with me was that concept of intent versus impact and it changed how i manage my employees and how i conduct myself in my day-to-day life Mm -hmm. and as i get older i start to realize more about how the intent is impact with 
is how the intent is inter entwined, intertwined with the impact, but not in a straight line. They weave within each other almost like an infinity symbol because it's the perceived intent that changes the impact, but then changes the in uh, perceived intent that changes yeah. the impact of. So it's very. I understood it as a college student as a very straight line. Intent leads to your impact. And it's like, but the intent isn't so straightforward, which means your impact isn't so straightforward mm -hmm. because if they perceive the intention as this way, then their impact changes. If they perceive the impact as this way, or they perceive the intention this way, then the impact changes again. And then based on that, is there a way for you to reset back to the neutral? Is there a way for you to be like, because in that Facebook conversation, all I did was ask questions. That's really, my, my idea was once the conversation started, I wanted to continue to have conversations. Most of the people on that post did not want to have conversations. Yeah. It was very much, this was my opinion. That's and no my one, opinion. And no one outright said, hey, you know, you saying this hurt and upset me. But it was sort of insinuated into a conversation that was never prompted to be a conversation to begin with. Right? Very much could have just decided to scroll on, but the conversation was had anyway. So, this is going to be one of our more um, highly debated episodes, I feel like. Especially because at the end of this episode, I'm just going to post a link to this episode in the Facebook page. Hey, like, there you go. <laughs> Thank you for contributing. Yeah, well, they get mad if they want, cause it's not like they can talk about us, talk to us about it on here. <laughs> I like it. I think it was. I think it was productive. It was a good conversation. In any event, I have nothing but love for everyone that was on that Facebook post and the Discord. Anyway, I I personally don't have any hard feelings. If you do, then you know sort them out. But I don't have any <laughs> personal hard feelings based on what happened there. It's like, oh, y'all are mad? Gonna be me. <laughs> no, I didn't say that. I said sort them out, handle it in a rational manner. I didn't, I'm not just like, that's a you problem. <laughs> I, I'm not dismissing the fact that I know that could have been a very triggering conversation. I know it could have been. I'm just saying, make sure you deal with it in a healthy manner. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I'm not just dismissing people. I'm not that rude. Okay, is that it for us? Yeah, that's it. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Keep It 100. If you like what you heard today, please continue listening. The best way to help get our name out there is to give us ratings or wherever you listen to podcasts. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to it. And then share the post of social media. Um, you know, just help us get our name out there, man. We want more listeners so we can get some bigger sponsorships and we can create some better content. I got some ideas now about how I want to help grow this podcast to do some different cool community events and some virtual events. So, but we need your help. So, you know, if you listen to this and you like it, please tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tell your dog, maybe not the dog or tell the dog. I don't care. Tell everybody. For just $1 a month, you can support two broke podcasters. Oh, we should do, um, in the arms of the angel. During our promotions, we should do like a Sarah McLaughlin commercial for our podcast. 
No, I hate that song. Yeah, but people get depressed and they'll give us money so we don't hear it anymore. I don't think that's how that works. Hmm. That's why those dogs are dying, Chorsey, because of you. Anyway, thank you. Just a quick share for us, like Chorsey said. Support us. Listen to us. We love you with all of our heart. I would die for each and every one of you. Wink, wink. Um, Chorsey's got nothing else. Cue music.